Well, good evening and welcome again to the Aglo Muskegon podcast. We're so grateful that you could join us tonight. And if you're just joining us on Facebook Live, go ahead and uh, tune in, get a comfy spot. We both have our coffee mugs here and uh, we're just grateful again that you can be a part of this ministry. We've had testimony from so many that the stories of these real women in real situations and their testimonies have, have touched people's lives. So we want to thank you again. Uh, today's sponsor, Manhood International Ministry. And it's a ministry to men, for men, about men, helping men to become whole and walk in their identity in Christ throughout Muskegon and the world. So we're grateful for them. They're supporting the work of a glow. So, and I wanted to remind you that our next podcast will be June 17th, where we are going to be welcoming Henrietta Hadley. She's a domestic abuse survivor, and she's very brave and has helped many women through the same situations. Isn't it great that we've learned so much about God's promises and how they've spoken to women in different circumstances, difficult circumstances, and how claiming those promises has walked them through. God didn't say we weren't going to walk through difficult circumstances, but he did promise that he'd be there with us. And his promises are yes and amen. And so today we'd like to welcome my new good friend, Shablia Hudgens. Shablia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for agreeing to uh, share your story with us. You have, you have a very unique story. I was fascinated when we had our little pre-podcast chat. But Shablia is a survivor. So would you tell our folks exactly a little bit about your what story and what you what you've walked through in the last several years. Yes. Um, well, um, back in 2015, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, you know, a woman in her mid 30s, You're late a 30s. Young woman. Yeah, yeah. You would never expect anything like that, and that's not what I expected either. And um, the funny thing is, is that. It was just kind of, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but... How did you find out? Um, I had a pain in my breast, in just one breast, and it lasted for about 24 hours, so that's what kind of piqued my interest as far as this is odd. You know, it, it was no rhyme or reason, and it was very unique, that's what I would say. It was different from, you know, typical, you know, breast tenderness, um, where you can have your cycle, but it was, it was really unique in that type of way. So um, I called my doctor's office okay. to schedule to try to see if I could get in. And they just said, well, you're at the age where you can just have a mammogram. You don't need a prescription. You so, haven't had one prior to this? Nope. I was past like a couple of years, um, like a year prior when I turned 35, my girlfriend encouraged me, hey, you should go and get a baseline uh, mammogram. And I just, I didn't pursue that. You know, we as women have a tendency to take care of everybody else and put those things off. So I, I understand what where you're coming mm -hmm. from. And the mama in me says, go and get your mammogram, ladies, right? Yes, Don't put it so. off. Well, I mean, well, not just that, just pay attention to your body. To me, it's more or less, um, it's better to be more precautious. Since I work in the healthcare field, I tell patients you should be more precautious than, than passive. That's okay. always my always my motto. I'd rather for them to tell you it's nothing and we did everything we were supposed to do versus you come in and you're dealing with compounded 
issues or symptoms. So you mentioned before you went in for your mammogram. And right. So because I, you work in the medical field, there were certain phrases that you picked up on right away that made you go, hmm, right. what Cor happened? Correct. So when you, you know, for those of you who don't know, when you go and get your mammogram, they ask you not to wear deodorant um, because it can cause um, artifact on the imaging that they do. So when I went in to have my mammogram, the technician asked, like, oh, did you, did you wear deodorant today? I said, no, I went into the bathroom before I came and made sure <laughs> I washed underneath my arms to make sure that there was no residue from any um, deodorant. So from, from there, it just kind of raised the eyebrow, like, okay, there might be something going on, but okay, it's probably artifact. I would never have imagined in a million years that, you know, less than 24 hours from, from having that test, I'm getting another phone call saying, hey, we need you to come back in. Plus the pain had gone away, right? Correct, yep. And that's the thing too. By the time I actually had my testing done, which is like 24 hours after having the pain, the pain had totally subsided. It had went away. Um, the mammogram didn't reproduce the pain, um, and I never had that pain again. So it's mm. exactly, it's very um, interesting in that type of way, because most people wouldn't necessarily pursue, you know. Um, Something was trying to get your attention. Something or The Lord, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey, by the way, if you're listening in, and there's something that you would like to ask Shablia as we're going along and she's telling her story and you're on this Facebook Live uh, broadcast, go ahead and type your question to Shablia in the comments and we'll answer them during the course of the podcast. I want to encourage you to do that because it makes for a very interesting discussion if we are able to answer your questions. Okay? So you got a call. Hey, you need to go in and see your doctor. Well, not just my doctor. What happened was is that I, um, after having the initial mammogram, they called me in to get further imaging. Oh. And um, they said the radiologist would be there to look at the images as soon as they were done. And maybe um, based on those images, I might have to have other testing done at the same time. So here it is. I go in the next day. So all this happens over less than a week's time, you know, 48 hours. So I go in, I have the extra imaging done, the radiologist is there and he's questioning these new images that I just got finished taking. And he's like, I think we wanna do a biopsy. So at that point, I start freaking out. You know, I call my mom on the phone, I'm in the bathroom at the breast center. <laughs> like, hey, let me tell you what's going on because I hadn't told her anything at that point. Um, had told her about the pain, had told her, hey, I'm here and this is what's happening. And, um, and again, never again in a million years did I ever imagine that I would have to say or even begin to say, like, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 37? Yeah. 37. And what was your circumstance in life at this time? Um... My daughter, she was two and a half, yeah, two and a half at the time. 
So you can just imagine that when you're sitting in your doctor's office getting your actual test results that you think, I am going to die. That's what I think anybody thinks of when you hear the cancer word. You think inevitable doom and that's what came over me and I would say, yeah, my mom and my brother and we just cried, <laughs> you know, because you don't know because you don't know, because you don't know. And then from there, it just kind of, I would say, snowballed. It snowballed into, um, you know, first it being, this will probably just be, you know, a simple um, lumpectomy. And then- it, it, Was it a lump? No, that's the thing. It, and it wasn't even a lump. It was um, in the ducts, and it was a very large area of one of my breasts. So it wasn't a lump. So because what did they tell you when you said I had had some pain in my breast and so I wanted to get it checked out? Well, they told me that um, breast cancer doesn't cause pain. Like that's, I had pain, had a very distinct pain. And that's where they found mm -hmm. um, the cancer was in, in that exact area. Yeah. And so you said it snowballed. It went from you thought it was going to be a lumpectomy to to a, a mastectomy to a mastectomy to it being in both my breasts, and at that point it was, yeah, <laughs> it was overwhelming. You know, you because you think like, okay, worst case scenario is you know you have reconstruction, you have a mastectomy, and you move on with your life, and that's not what happened at all. I mean, of course I moved on with my life. I'm here giving my testimony, but. Um, and we celebrate, we celebrate yeah. that you're here and you're cancer free today. Praise yes. the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. So, I mean, it was just, it was just a really difficult time because again, it just kept snowballing into, you know, the doctors thought, hey, this is only going to be, you know, just a removal, then you'll be fine. It probably won't be you know, they weren't expecting it would be in both my breasts, nor by the time I had my um, mastectomy that it would be in my lymph node. So at that point, it changed everything because they weren't anticipating chemotherapy or radiation. And that's what it, it totally, totally progressed to. You know, I can, I can relate to your story even a little bit more than when we chatted before because this last week, uh, my mom had been having some urinary tract infection issues and some unusual things showing up in the labs that didn't indicate a urinary tract infection. So the doctor called her to go and get a CAT scan. And um, because of the result of that, she was asked to go to a urologist for a further test. And I went with her last week and in the midst of that test, he just blurted out, oh yeah, that's cancer. And we were taken aback. And I, I hear what you're saying, how about all of a sudden you're going on with your life. You're thinking about what I'm going to feed my daughter for dinner, not am I going to... Am I ever going to feed my daughter for yeah. dinner again? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you... How did you deal with the fear? 
I mean, it was only the the Lord. That's what I can say. It was only it was only the Lord because um, it was it was literally only Him. Um, I can remember even before this time, I would tell people like when they're going through a situation, you know, the Lord is stretching you. You know, He's stretching your faith. He's stretching your faith, and that's exactly what He did because during this time, you get to know Him and trust Him in a different in a totally different way. And you think you know him. And then he shows you, then he takes you to this new level of of trust and sovereignty and peace and something that can't be explained by any natural means. This right, peace. You, yes. I mean I mean it's 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 kinda almost like out of body because people or patients would ask me, like, you're going through all of this and you're still going to work? I'm like, yes, <laughs> where, am I, where else would I be? Well, I can't imagine doing that. And I'll say, well, that's, that's, that's definitely, that's God to, to, mm-hmm. to push me through. And you wonder, you know, why me? Why did this happen to me? And I don't think it was just for me to draw closer to him, but it was for everybody else that I'm connected to, to draw to him also. When we were talking before, you you had started out asking God, "Why me?" But then you changed it around. What what? Why not me? Why not me? Why not me? I, it's it's my chance to it's my opportunity to be stretched. You know, we all have an opportunity to be stretched, and I believe that this was, you know, one of my, you know. You also talked about some ways in the midst of it all when you were questioning and fearful that you would cry out to God and, and want to know something and then... He would send an answer. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, he would send an answer. And that's the, just the wonderful part about, um, a wonderful part about God is that he said that he would hear your cry and he's right there with us. And he heard my cry so many times and the peace would, would come. I mean, and I'm not saying it was, you know, miraculous peace, but it was enough to sustain me through, you know, that moment, because sometimes it's moment to moment. It's not necessarily a a smooth ride and I'm just buckled in and I'm ready to go and no questions asked. No, it was a daily, weekly task, reaching out to God and just saying, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you that we, we're going to make this through this. Whatever you have for me, I'm just going to, to trust you through it. So what kind of treatments did you endure? Um, so I had chemotherapy and um, radiation. Um, had a double mastectomy with reconstruction, but had... Um, what do you call that? Some challenges with my reconstruction. So then I just put some everything complications on. Yeah, with some, that yes, some complications. Thank you. Some complications with that. So um, I had to have one of the um, expanders taken out. And because, you know, part of my um, breast had gotten infected or the reconstruction area had gotten infected. And um and it was it was just a lot. It was a lot of back a lot of back and forth. And at a certain point, it was just 
it was, again, it was just overwhelming. It was overwhelming. How did the treatments affect other areas of your body in terms of fertility in particular? Well, um, after, okay, so they have um, three parameters in order to, to measure or to, to stage the cancer. And, um, and since I was estrogen positive, then they want to put you on home hormone blockers and um, for five years. Okay, well, if I'm, you know, we can all do the math. If I'm, you know, 37, 36 when this is happening, then, okay, I'm on blockers for five years. That means that kids would be, you know, out of the, out of the picture. And that was, and that part was devastating. You know, you take that opportunity away and, and, and you just reflect like, okay, I need to be grateful for what I was blessed with. Mm -hmm. And that's what I am. I'm definitely blessed to have my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So many, different, so many things. Tell our, tell our listeners about your daughter. What's her name? Her name is Prosperity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she's six years old and, um, and she's a ball of energy. <laughs> she's yeah she is a ball of energy yep and I'm very grateful to have her yep because had I been diagnosed with this even earlier that that may not have been a opportunity that would have been taken away from me yeah praise God yeah one of the surgeons one of the yeah one of the surgeons said that it takes five years for it to show up on MRI this particular or a mammogram type. Well, this cancer takes, yeah, I think she said five years to show up on a mammogram. So that means that I've had this in my body for that long. And that's, that's scary. That is so over, so overwhelming. That that was just there all along. That was there. That, that was, yeah, potentially there because the extent of the, the, because the extent of the cancer cells, because since they were in the ducts of the breast, it was so extensive and so large that, yeah, it's probably been there a while. You mentioned that you're the kind of person that when things come at you and you're fearful or, or life issues, grief, those kinds of things, you said something about what you typically do in those circumstances. Yeah, I'm a avoider. An avoider. <laughs> I'm an avoider or I'm the type of person that will, you know, not necessarily deal with those those emotions. Yeah, you not said, necessarily deal with those emotions at the time and then I'll You said climb up <laughs> You said something really picturesque. Climb Well, it's more like I'll put it in a trunk, then I'll build a wall. And then I'll decorate the wall ah, and, that, that and that's exactly where it would be. So it will be behind the wall that I built inside of a chest and it'll be beautiful on the outside, but on the inside is, you know, are all my residual, you know, feelings because I don't necessarily share my story right. that, that often, but, but look at you today, you've got a testimony and we're all overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word yes. of our testimony. We're not going to decorate that box anymore. I think uh, we have a, a question from our audience for Shiblia. Okay. 
I have a it's a question from one of our viewers, and the question is, did you ever fear you were going to die, and also, how did you overcome that? Um, yes, of course. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought as soon as it came out of the, the doctor's mouth or when I read my test results. You know, I went on Google, and I started Googling things, and your mind is going... Um, faster than you can actually think, than you can form words. And uh, I mean, of course, that's exactly what I thought. And how did I get through it? I mean, exactly. I don't think that there's any specific, I wanna say roadmap to it, but literally crying out to the Lord, literally being um, overwhelmed and and just, truly just trusting him that's and just knowing that he has a hope and a future for you knowing that um just knowing even some of his promises and i would say that like even for me like even if you're not well versed in the bible or know a particular scripture what really ministered to me was um a lot of christian music so um I still believe by um, Jesus culture, Kim Walker Smith. Um, I still believe that the blood is sufficient for me. Your blood kills any disease right now. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm grabbing hold of that right now. So I would sit in front of the, the TV and let YouTube play and just cry out. The Lord hears our cries. Even if you don't know the words, it, was, it would be the songs that really ministered um, the word that that kind of hit the nail on the head of what I was going through. Um, also, um, Oceans by um, by Hillsong, that he'll take you out to the waters and he, you'll go wherever he calls me. So if that's where he was calling me, that's where I would be willing to go. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that it's easy. That doesn't mean that it's pretty. Um, it doesn't gonna, it's not gonna mean that it's perfect, but that's where he's calling me to. So whether if he was going to call me home or call me to a higher place in him, I trust him. So that's all I had. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that because there won't always be somebody to talk to, but he's always there. So. That was the trust that I that I had, that he was calling me. He was calling me out for his purpose. Praise God. Yeah. He was calling me out for his purpose. So do we have another question from our viewers? We have another question from our viewers. The question is, what kind of breast cancer did you have? Um, it was considered a stage two. Yep, it was considered considered a stage two um, breast cancer that it was um, ductal. Ductal. Yep, it was ductal. Yep, and so what happened was is that um, after I saw my first um, surgeon, my first plastic surgeon or my general surgeon, they just wanted to do um, this. I, they they then identified the one breast, but when I got a um, a contrast MRI, they found it in both breasts. And um, then after having the surgery, how they actually diagnose it is after, um, or actually stage you, um, is actually 
after they do the removal or the surgery. So that way they have the, they, they'll do the pathology right then. And that's when they found that it was in my, in my ducts. And I also do want to say one other song that got me through is um, um, All Things Work Together for Our Good. And that's another Jesus Culture song. And that's what I had to believe that no matter what, that he still has the best intentions for me. That's the scripture that, that you used so that we could devise a, a title for this podcast. Right, correct. All things work, work together on, for yeah, my good. All things work together for my good. And, and again, I just, I had to grab hold of that, that no matter, no matter how many times back and forth, no matter how many complications that I have to trust that this mm -hmm. will work out for my good. And I mean, apparently it has, I'm here, hopefully helping others and, and how much he loves you. He, he was, you, you've said that he is still so merciful. He was merciful Faithful. to send you that yes. pain so that yes. you would go get it checked out. He knew he was going to use the doctors this time for your healing. Sometimes he uses doctors. Sometimes he uses just a divine touch for our healing. Mm -hmm. But he is always faithful. And what Shablia did was stand on the promises of God. And you'll find that a common theme in all of our uh, guests so far on the podcast, they faced monumental challenges and trials, but they would find a promise in God's word. They would stand on it. They would proclaim, God, you said all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Shablia trusted him. Shablia stood on the promises. Do we have another question from our audience we have another question from okay. our audience and the question is as women sometimes our physical define us do or did you feel your womanhood is less than a woman mm -hmm. with two healthy breasts um that's a good question <laughs> i think that's something that I, I would say i'm about 50 50 on that not necessarily not necessarily but that might be one of those things I put in a chest and built a wall <laughs> and then decorated it with. That would, be the, that would be the better term for it. I mean, I think that part of it, everything else was so much more important. It's like being here physically for my daughter because I know what it's like to lose a parent is that that was more, more of my concern. Yes, some identity. I'm not going to say that wasn't in a thought or a concern, but it was more or less pending. You know, I have a young daughter um, and I wanted to be there and imagining her, you know, graduating from college and me not being there or high school or those things were so much more than, than the physical part of me and my identity. Cause yeah. 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 Praise God. Yeah. Well, again, we celebrate the fact that Shablia is with us today and cancer-free and prosperity has her mom and the Lord is merciful and the Lord continues to work in Shablia's life and now she's got a testimony and now other people are going to be helped because she's walked through what she's walked through and, and we can trust God with the results of that. Um, 
again, we encourage you to stand on the promises of God for your circumstances. We have time for one more question, if we have one from our audience. Yes, we have another question from our audience. Can you explain what happened with the infection? Were you able to finally get the reconstruction done? Um, no. I, it was, <laughs> it was. I want to say, I don't want to say devastating, but... It was so much going on because um, I dealt with the infection multiple times. And then um, with my removal of the spacer, I was over it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was over it. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm good. I'm going to let everything heal um, and we'll just move if I'm ready for it to proceed, you know, later on, I'll do that. But it wasn't that important. It wasn't that important to me at that point. So, you know, at certain points you feel, you know, maybe self-conscious, but it's my new normal, you know, from not having any hair to, you know, only having one breast that you technically don't have because it's a still, still a spacer. But yeah, I, Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it it, it was a lot. Did I answer the question? <laughs> so there, I the question? there are sorry. still physical challenges? Uh, yes, there, I mean, there are still physical cha challenges, but it doesn't bother me. I think it might make more people, other people uncomfortable because they're wondering, you know, why you don't have any eyebrows or, you know, why you don't have eyelashes or, you know, or something doesn't look right and I can't quite put my finger on it. And, and that doesn't bother me, you know. Well, it shouldn't because you couldn't yeah. be any more beautiful. Oh, She's thank gorgeous. You. Thank you. <laughs> well, we want to thank you again for tuning in to the Aglo Muskegon podcast. This is episode three. We have some exciting things coming up from Aglo. Uh, we're looking forward to our state convention on Mackinac Island. And you can visit our website or Facebook page to find out more about that. But we also have exciting stories from more real women coming up in the months ahead, uh, including uh, a published author in October who's going to share her story in front of a live audience. And we have more information coming about that. But if you, uh, uh, if you will look at our website, Coming up, we are excited to announce the return of Women of the Bible, and that's going to be six Monday nights from September 9th through October 21st, concluding with a live video recording of a podcast, uh, the Aglomus Keegan podcast with our special guest in front of a live audience. Hey, stand on God's promises. We're glad you could join us tonight and tune in next month when we have our special guest, Henrietta Hadley, and that's June 17th. Thank you. <laughs>